That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Okay, welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast. It's Dr. David Miller here with Dr. Michelle Pobega naturopathic doctor dave you didn't say your nd after condo is going to come after you okay but yeah. <laughs> we could have done that already who do we have today uh we have a we have a self-proclaimed badass bitch uh dr Lori bouchard she is what a great intro uh, she's you. fantastic yeah. she's she is not only just um, a badass bitch just a badass bitch she's not only a friend of ours she graduated with with us at naturopathic college so we go way back and she i love i love having conversations with Lori because i've learned about things through Lori about how to try different things that we're not actually taught about in school that gets results. And she works with cancer care. She's big on detoxification. She gets results. She's, and she doesn't always do the, the quote, she, she likes to color outside the line sometimes with what is seen as like conventional and like hip and trendy. She's just like, no, we're going to do what's absolutely needed. And I've learned some cool stuff. And we're going to talk about one of those cool things that she's introduced me to. And I'm like a huge believer in, and those what are. No coffee enemas. Lori seems to do. Oh, I'd I'd sorry. I yeah, I know. Yeah, sorry. Coffee. Yeah, you ruined you ruined my intro. Ruined your <laughs> intro. You. But she integrates really old, like really old school traditional stuff yeah. too, which I think is worth, which is worth uh, bringing in. So she kind of Bruce Lee's everything. She brings, she keeps the old stuff that works, revamps it, what doesn't, and then she does a lot of coffee enemas. And there's so many jokes we could say about coffee enemas. I just love that, like. Laurie Bouchard, the Bruce Lee of naturopathic medicine. Like, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> Ninja. <laughs> this is such a great intro. And we. 
Oh, wait, I froze there. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm super pumped. That was an awesome intro. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that title. And I do agree, like when we graduated, it was very um, textbook, very conservative, very like in a box. And I learned very quickly with my first patients who had complex like cancer conditions that you have to go outside that box or else you're not getting the results um, that you necessarily need. It's just too slow of a, of a process. So yeah, I'm excited to dig in today about all the things, especially the topic that we are going to be talking about. And like today we're recording on a Monday morning, which isn't our usual jam and we're all drinking our coffee orally, but we're going to talk about how to use coffee from a different orifice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, yeah, like everything that we say could probably be twisted into another way, but it's, it's great because not many people, and I would actually love to know who is the first person that's like, hmm, this coffee tastes so good, <laughs> but let me see what happens when I put it up my butt. Like, let's yeah. just see yeah. what is going to happen. That's right? a very good question. How did this ever come to be? <laughs> Like who was that person? And I feel like it was Bernard Jensen, maybe like someone way back where it was like, okay, I know what the benefits of coffee does, but if we can get through that hepatic vein and get right to the liver, like think of that magic that can happen. Like it's very um, courageous. Yeah, courageous and, and probably like in a time where the research was just not where it is today to understand the caffeic acid. I think there was more like the... tradition than research back then, right? It's yeah. like someone had a good idea and if it was good, it lived. And if it was bad, it didn't. You just trusted exactly. clinic, clinical experience, right? Yeah. Like plant medicine for sure. Like, what is this? Oh, yeah. wow. My skin cleared up. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I guess that's the same thing. It's like you eat something, you're like, oh, is it poison? No. Okay. We can keep eating it. And that's how we evolved as a human species <laughs> and exactly. figured out right from wrong. I think that's exactly how coffee enemas have evolved. They just like with time over like a Saturday morning coffee, let's just <laughs> doctors were just like, let's just figure this out. Yeah. I love coffee so much. I'm going to try this. Mm -hmm. Will I get the same caffeine high if I put it? <laughs> like, so what's really even... cool yeah when you I don't know if you order your coffee from anywhere specific but you have to go through a company that's specific for coffee enemas because it can't be roasted it can't be with mold on it, it can't have pesticides or any of the other garbage that's usually with with coffee beans well on the label it says do not like you cannot consume this orally because there's like 10 times the amount of caffeic acid Ooh. in these coffee beans. So of course, being the one outside the box, I'm like, hmm, what's going <laughs> to happen if I drink this? Uh, right? You Like when someone's like, don't do this, you're kind of like, why? <laughs> oh my God, you're that kid. You've always been that kid though, haven't you? So you want to know, and I want to just like put it out there. Don't drink it unless you want to have like massive heart palpitations and like anxiety. <laughs> so that's what happens. I didn't have like a whole thing, but you, when you brew the coffee, it almost has this like, it's a totally different color too, right? It does like, not look appealing to me. It does not. No, it looks like sewer water. Like it looks, and it smells yes. different too. It almost has like a sweeter a smell, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have the, the lovely aroma that a traditional brewed coffee does. Cause it is, it's a, it's a, like a light roast, usually yeah. like even lighter than what we would consider light roast from like a, like a blonde roast from Starbucks. Like, like that's no still roast. not. Yeah. The, 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 the beans literally look yellow. 
the 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 ground beans look yellow. Yeah, so that's it's like wild. the top thing people need to know when doing a coffee enema. You need to source it out from a place that does this as their like livelihood. Right. Please not do not like, go to Starbucks. Well, when I was when I was a kid, my mom used to give me coffee enemas and colonics all the time. She would get this like board from alibaba.com or something and it was like a board that goes over the toilet and she would literally make like Folgers coffee so it was like garbage coffee she'd put it into this big bucket and literally the coffee is going through into my and this was like when I had um like a sore throat she's like oh we need to clean out your gut and work on your guy, give you coffee. Oh my God, the apple yes. doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? So this is my intro into naturopathic medicine of like, wait, I have a headache and you want to clean out my butt. Like what is happening here? Yeah, your mom was, I remember oh stories God. about your mom. Your, I remember when we were in residence together, your room was always chock full of like superfoods because your mom would always stock you up before like superfoods were like super trendy. This is like- 14, 15 years ago. Right. Yeah. And I remember you always had like cool stuff. Cause your mom would always like, yeah, my mom gave me this. My mom brought me this. We'd all be trying like weird things that we'd never been introduced to before. Yeah. So imagine like getting introduced that when you were like five years old and your friend <laughs> imagine. in naturopathic college, it's like, cool. Cause you're like, cool. Look at these greens. Like look at chlorophyll. It's so cool. But Ooh. growing up, it's like, no one did that. Like no one. It's like, what are bean sprouts, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a very different yeah. Um, experience. But yeah, you're right. My mom was very like, let's just throw her in there, throw her into this world. I love it. I love that your mom was so courageous, open-minded and courageous. And just, I'm going to do what intuitively makes the most sense for my child. And like thinking about the body in a way that most people were not thinking about the body. You have a sore throat. We got to clean out your gut. Like, yeah. And I know learned though because she was more of a um like an internet well I don't even know was there internet then it was just kind of like reading magazines and like reading things where she would be like oh I heard this was really healthy for you let me throw everything at you and like perfect example is using Folgers coffee Mm -hmm. in a colonic when now we know okay there's so many things that you should do shouldn't do when you're using those modalities right not just I mean everyone should do everything I would say that maybe Folgers in the eighties wasn't as pesticide and disgusting as it probably is today. So it might not have been that harmful, but I feel like as the world has gone through agricultural revolutions, everything's just got more chemicals. So I just assume they've always, but you're right. Who knows? But it it could have been a better quality back then. You know what I mean? Things in the eighties were, I think a better quality and other than TV dinners, I guess, and (laughs) Dunkaroos. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that bad. You still turned out all right. So clearly we're okay. Thanks guys. So Lori, that's how, okay. I was going to like, how'd you get into this? Well, that sort of explains a lot of it when your mom is like, uh, hooking up the, the tubes at a really young age that explains it. Like I was never brought into a doctor growing up. And if I said I was sick, if I had a sore throat or anything, I would be on that enema board. (laughs) I would be like cleaning myself out. I would have like my mom works, she's a nurse. So she worked 12 hour days. So she would literally have like 12 glasses filled with different vitamins and be like, you take this at nine o'clock. You take this at 10 o'clock. You take this. So I'm like bombarding myself with vitamin C is probably like hydrastis, echinacea, like all the things that are immune supporting. And I would just lie in bed, like watching TV, drinking tons of water, taking stuff in. And so when I'm like, mom, 
people can just like go to the doctor and get antibiotics. Like, why wouldn't I just do that? Like, I was like angry at her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like, why do I have to do all this work? And like, why can't I just go to the doctors and get fixed right away? So that was like the normal mentality. And it, it still is now, right? Mm -hmm. Like for someone to actually say like, okay, I'm going to treat my health like a job and do all these things that are really supporting to my health. It's like, ah, but there's a pill out there that can maybe do it. Right. Like it's really, um, it's backwards. So I grew up like that. That was very normal for me. And then I actually like resisted my mom a lot too. I'm thinking Mm. she's muscle testing me in the stores. I'm like, you're so embarrassing. Like, what are you doing? Oh my God. Your mom even muscle tested. I love that your mom was a a nurse in conventional medicine and yet had this whole other side of her, which is so awesome to the duality of that. It's true. It's true. Cause she was probably the only one in the hospital that was like, oh, she's like, bleeding out let's give her liquid chlorophyll like she's right. a lot of things like undercover because she knew she knew better oh my god your mom's like a modern day superhero in my mind that's pretty <laughs> neat that is that's really cool so um so where did, did mom get that from like her mom or she just sort of like she just rediscovered this kind of like let's take care of ourselves kind of old school what what happened is is it worth going into a little bit about that yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty quick story. Like she was a nurse, like a conventional, obviously nurse in the mm-hmm. hospital. She ended up going to um, Columbia to work in the hospital there for a few years. So she was like the head nurse of this hospital. And she got really sick one day there. And all she remembers was waking up to like um, people like fanning, her, like around a fire, like fanning her, use plant medicine and really just like brought her life back she's like i think i was gonna die that day wow. like she like got back back to life by all and so then that's when she started looking into like dr bernard jensen is like her hero as far as like iridology learning about gut health that connection and it just like it never stopped there like it's that's really so cool. um yeah it just opened her eyes to like whoa what just happened like when you were trained to do all the other things conventionally like mm. she was saved by plant medicine which is I love that I don't think I knew that yeah yeah it's really cool it's powerful right but she's still like very conventional in her ways too like she knows kind of like when you know it's silly to be like oh you'll never use antibiotics or never use these things like she still know that fine line of like when that medicine is important to use Absolutely. I think that's a really important skill set for every practitioner is like, it's like what we do is phenomenal, but there are many scenarios in which case it's not going to cut it, right? You got to go to the hospital. You have to have that modern day medicine treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, that's the balance we have to walk as well is is being open-minded to the fact that everything that we do isn't always going to be a hundred percent bang on either. No. And a good example of that is in the clinic, because we do colonics and coffee enemas for people, they call in and they'll say, I haven't pooped in seven days. Can you help me? And so our first response, like the staff is very trained on this. They'll say, you need to go get an ultrasound, like, see, do you have a twisted bowel? Like, is Mm. there a blockage there? Is there something that's impeding your ability to go? Because for us to be like, yes, colonic is the miracle for everyone. It's like, it could actually cause more impaction if you're putting more water in there and you have a completely blocked bowel, right? And so, um, yeah, knowing when to say like, yeah, you need to get this checked out versus yes, we can help you quick question about the colonics if somebody is severely constipated let's just say it's a seven day stretch or there it's one of those things and there isn't anything 
physical, like there's an structural obstruction, would you suggest that they take some kind of laxative before the colonic? Would like, would the colonic help or do you have to still do something to alleviate some pressure and then be able to get the colonics to be more effective? I've always wondered about that. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So if someone is has a lifetime of constipation, they just know they have really sluggish bowels and it's just not happening. Um, actually, side note, before I go into that answer is chiropractic and manual therapies, helping the nervous system is such an under um, rated tool. Like I've mm. had patients who are constipated for years. They literally get their spine assessed and help support the nerves that are feeding the colon. And they just bam, like become regular. I feel like, you on that. Right. And so that's where it goes to like the underlying cause of like, why is their bowel lazy in the first place? Mm-hmm. So it's because of I don't know. We've had some patients with spina bifida. So obviously they're going to have compromised bowel function in that area. But then also if someone is super stressed all the time and they're maybe athletes or they're using a lot of their magnesium stores, then yes, like you want to support that. And those are things they should be doing anyways. Like, but before a colonic, you're right. You want to really enhance how um, like soft the fecal matter is. So it does come out easier. Um, aloe vera is another one that has a mild laxative. So people could take that before, mm-hmm. um, in the actual therapy though, like you can add in aloe vera, you can add in obviously the coffee too, right. You can add in things just to help stimulate paracelsus and for people who have very atonic, lazy bowels, there's a lot of tricks you could do. So that's something I want to know too. Sorry. Sorry, Dave. I see you have a question too. You can add coffee to a colonic at your clinic. Yeah. If like, cause I've sent some people who are, who do not want to do it themselves. And I've referred them to go to your clinic. And I wasn't sure if that coffee option was available to add into like enhance things. If, if I needed that. Absolutely. And Sweet. that's where the colon therapists are trained to know they'll have like their lineup of implants. So we could use bentonite clay, for example, um, aloe vera. There's even, I haven't done this yet, but a lot of therapists can use um, different nutrients. So if someone needs like B12 or vitamins, right? Like you can actually do implants with whatever they're deficient in as well. Cool. Okay. I want to go back to, uh, let's, let's go back to like the situation where someone like calls you up and they're and and you listen to them or or you have them in the office or whatever and you're like this person needs a coffee enema like what are the what are the situations in which you're like this is a definite thing that we should be thinking about doing and what's your process after that yeah i know i was like well i think most people are full of shit (laughs) (laughs) literally and Um, maybe sometimes metaphorically (laughs) when when we see anyone in the office um you just assume that majority of their symptoms are because their livers are stressed out and their gut is sluggish or their gut is not. And even when people say like, oh, I go like six times a day, there's no way that it's sluggish. It's like, well, maybe there's a bacteria infection in there. Maybe there's a parasite. Maybe there's something else causing the imbalance, like pulling all that water. So it's not really like satisfying bowel movements. Mm -hmm. So we just assume that their gut needs to be supported and repaired. Um, And then with the coffee enemas, it's really just to support the liver. So it's not really a colon, um, colon treatment it's more of a liver support. So when someone comes in and they're like, oh, I have, I don't know, whatever condition, they're just feeling exhausted. Yeah, (laughs) headaches or just tired, like all of those. Then you always want to start with 
get their detox organs moving, right? Like, mm. let's look at skin. Is your, are you sweating every day? Let's get your bowels going every day. Let's take a load off your liver. Let's get your lymphatic system. So you have to look at the whole picture there of all the five detox organs. Are you breathing? Like, are you even using oxygen and taking deep breaths every day? So looking at lung health, um, really interesting too. I was, I was telling you before this, before we started recording about the study with during COVID where um, they found patients with, um, it was negative, negative COVID in the lung, but positive in the bowel, like in the gut. Mm. So you look at from like a traditional Chinese medicine perspective, how the lung and large intestine are connected, right? And so you think of you think of like the connection there of like lung uh, stagnation, damp, heat, all of that, and that all trans transcends into the bowel, right? So that's just like the flow of where you're going to see more inflammation. So when you start working on the bowel and cleaning out a lot of that inflammatory process automatically your immune system can work better and your lung is just relieved of a lot of the inflammation and pressure from that too. So every single patient, we find those connections of how can we get your body working smarter and cleaner? So then you're just like, it doesn't matter what the symptom is at the end of the day, right? Like we're just mm -hmm. hurting you and how your body's working. Removing those barriers and obstacles for your body to just heal. And I think that's such a big deal is like, oh, I think there's so many barriers for people's bodies to function, which is why there's such breakdown and in a chronic state breakdown um and toxic burden is a huge one and just poor liver function from so many things like when i do liver gallbladder stuff it's like so many things can go cause a gallstone so many things can cause sluggish bile mm -hmm. right so um especially with modern day living oh I, absolutely especially like the past two years like more alcohol more like habits of eating out just like uber eats or whatever it's like yeah, you're not helping the body in the slightest. So it's kind of like getting back to like, what is your body actually asking for? And what can we do to help improve that? So even like doing um, castor oil packs before colonic, or even like during a coffee enema, like if you're able to hold long enough to even have a coffee or um, a castor oil pack over the liver, mm -hmm. right? Just put some heat there and just support your body. Even before um, coffee enemas, I also recommend doing some sort of binder Yes. So using like, like orally. Yeah. Oh, it chopped out there. Oh, like orally binders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like humic acid, baldic acid. Um, I I'm not a huge fan of using DMSA only because it can, unless you're taking DMSA, like every four hours, it has a really short half-life. So it almost like binds things and can like make things recirculate. Um, whereas like the other binders are pretty gentle. So it is helping with releasing like more of the, um, fat soluble toxicity in the body. So it's helping bind that. And then you do the coffee enema, helping release bile and it sends it out through the enema. Right. So to be, be like strategic and doing something like half hour before, am I super choppy here? No, you just chop you, you, um, you're back. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's, so you do castor oil packs, you can do some like mild chelating, like binding things. Um, and then even like during a coffee enema, like just breathing, like a lot of us just like forget just to chill out and relax. So it's a good time to like put on a meditation, like something for 10 minutes and just breathe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the binders well, the is some, sorry, sorry the diaphragm is, is, I mean, the more I do this osteopathic stuff, I, 
I realized how important the diaphragm is as like a pump and it it's everything needs to move including like your kidneys I've said this before your kidneys move like three centimeters with a with a breath like everything needs to move and I the colon's attached to the diaphragm and I just see there's such an opportunity there with deep breathing just to keep things moving you don't want like a swamp you want things moving yeah exactly and like you said inducing the parasympathetic nervous system is huge like most of us are in this sympathetic go 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 mode all the time and how is your digestive system supposed to think or have energy i was reading about the coffee enemas uh just because i've been investigating things and and i'm trying to find ways to optimize it and because you know dave i love to do the liver gallbladder flushes but there are certain scenarios where i can't move a stone because i might move a kidney stone as well so i've been trying to find a, a, a like a hybrid protocol by using coffee enemas to help people purge stones and release toxic bile and sludgy bile um, with putting minimal uh, strain on the kidneys and a possible Mm -hmm. stone there. So I've been looking into things too. And I was reading that coffee enemas actually help stimulate your parasympathetic nervous response as well. Like they'll actually help engage that part of our nervous system. Um, And I don't know if it's because you have to deep breathe through it, but I think because it stimulates the colon and it challenges it in such a specific way, it just stimulates your you're parasympathetic. And I was like, in your vagus nerve. And I was like, that's awesome. Most people need that these days. So. Yeah. And I was pretty shocked to learn about that too, to be honest, because you think the coffee and the caffeine would be super stimulating and people can't do it because it's going to rev them up. Especially if you like genetically, if you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine, right? Like that SIP 182 um Mm -hmm. detox pathway so some people are super sensitive and i do find the ones that are slow coffee metabolizers they do react like they will even if it's like 10 percent of that getting into their circulation um they can't sleep at night they just feel like they had 10 cups of coffee Mm -hmm. so i would gauge that like if someone knows they're very sensitive then i would use like a tenth of the amount of coffee in an enema like a really small amount of it um, and di- just like dilute it, right? Like just yeah. not have it so much of that. But the caffeine apparently like for people who are fast or normal metabolizers, they they absorb more of the palmitic acid versus the caffeine. So that's where that parasympathetic mode comes mm. in because you're actually helping with liver, with glutathione, you're helping with all of these. And you're right, like you're breathing at the same time too. So like that alone is very parasympathetic. Yeah. Lori, tell me, tell me how this is working on the liver, like for those who want to kind of know, because your first thought probably, well, mine would be like, well, how's it working on the colon? And then you're saying, well, mainly it affects the liver. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, no system works alone. I know that. And we should know that as naturopaths for sure. But what is it doing to the liver? I, I find that really the most intriguing part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, like most people think enemas are like, okay, you're just going to clean out your You're constipated body. yes <laughs> and unless um you have a lot of like stool sitting in the sigmoid that's the only time that it's like okay you're actually like just getting that stuff out right like that's supporting that um but what happens is when you're introducing coffee through the rectum then it's going through just from the like distal part of the large intestine into the hepatic portal vein directly to your liver and when you get cap or the caffeic acid or the pomic acid right into the liver it's stimulating glutathione S transferase, which is an enzyme that helps our body make glutathione. So coffee enemas actually help our body produce 700 times more glutathione versus just like trying to take a pill or trying to like what we can do normally. 
So from a detox perspective, so after anyone is inflamed for any reason, coffee enemas stimulate how your body cleans that up. So powerful, right? Like you can't buy a supplement that strengthens that production by 700 times. Like it's just not out there. So that's what it does for the liver. It really just helps your liver work better. So how, so if you, if you do a coffee enema um, and you're feeling, you're feeling much better, how long do you expect sort of something like this to work? Like what are the other, like do you have to, if I'm just the kind of person who needs coffee enema, do I have to keep going or like, does it sort of like, do you get like a piggybacking effect where at some point you need less and then you don't need it? Or what, what do you, what's the sort of trajectory after you start having it? Yeah. So it depends like how your health is at the beginning. So someone who is just say they've had a lifetime of like pollution exposure, or maybe genetically they don't detox as well as someone else. So even being around like paint fumes or around something else, their body is just like super overwhelmed and burdened. And you know that by how much energy they have, what even diagnosis they have, what their inflammatory markers are like on blood work. So for them, we say, get your, get your bowels moving every single day. Like you need to be doing something more intensive where you're doing coffee enemas every single morning. That's like really just kickstarting, like getting things moving. And then once you start feeling better, you can maybe go into like three times a week. So maybe the first month would be, or sorry, the first two weeks, maybe every single day. And then you can go into like two times a week, three times a week. It's so personalized though. It's very individualized. So someone who like feels good, they just want it for nap, like for feeling more energy and just preventative care, all of that, maybe once a week. Okay. And is this something, so you teach, you do it there and then you teach people how to do it at home. Is that sort of what's exactly yeah and so we have these training videos on like how you can do it very (laughs) very exciting to watch those um but it's something that ultimately you want to be able to do in your own home like doors locked keep the kids away you just kind of like have your own time in the morning to do it a lot of people do have that fear around like oh what if I can't like I want someone to do this for me so we absolutely do them in the clinic as well. I also find the patients who really need it, like the really, the ones that would benefit from liver and, and um, detoxing are the ones who are in so much pain that they can't get down and get up fast enough. Mm-hmm. So that's where the nurses in the clinic and the support is really important to help them mm-hmm. like lie down. And then like, if they have arthritis or pains, like we can help them, we can help them mm-hmm. move. Who can't, who can't have these? Like, is it contraindications and, and like, what about people with pelvic floor issues where they actually have issues with like the outlet of stool? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually just had, there's a patient recently who was so constipated and in so much pain, he has stomach cancer and it's just like, he's debilitated. Like it's really, um, but for him, he's also extremely extremely dehydrated Mm. so you don't want to induce something that can make you potentially more dehydrated in this scenario and so we would still do like a very mild version of an enema and for him actually we put in aloe vera just to help nourish as well you can actually open up probiotics and put the lactobacillus um, the bifidus strain in there that's 
feeding exactly those colonocytes and enterocytes. So you can put in different additives for specifically like what they're going through. So we don't want to do like a big bag of water and have them have like diarrhea because mm -hmm. they're so dehydrated. So we would just monitor, like everyone is so, um, their case is so different. So I would say like, they are very relevant for everyone, but you modify it based on okay. the reaction. So you can add in different things. I had a client, uh, and I was talking to Dr. Lori about this as well. Um, because I think I've been implementing them for about a year now, or just over a year. I feel like I've, I've been suggesting these or doing them myself, but there was a client and she had two types of cancer in her health history. And she's just overweight, tired, rosacea, so many things like, um, and one of her cancers was a bowel cancer and her low, her descending colon, like a, a huge chunk of it had to be resected because of the cancer but she's on so many different medications. I was like, how am I supposed to get her body into a better place mm -hmm. if we can't do this? So I was talking to Lori and I was like, you know, she doesn't have her whole colon. It's been 10 years since she, or something like that, since she's had the surgery. So it's not like I'm worried about like scars or anything fresh. So we just started really, really low and slow for her. And she also has a history of constipation. So she was doing castor oil packs, which was really great, but I just felt like we needed to kick it up a notch. So we started with like a, a gentle coffee dilution and a smaller volume. And she seems to be doing okay with them. Yeah. But I was, I was concerned yeah, about that, but I was like, start low and slow. We'll start super baby steps and just see how you do. And she seems to be fine. Yeah. And the thing that people don't realize too, is when you have a second cancer come around and then a third cancer happen, you're not getting to the root cause of why the cancer is growing there in the first place. So there's some cancers that actually are bacterial. We know like H. pylori and stomach cancer. We know certain viruses can cause lymphomas. So we, we know like Epstein-Barr, right? And so we know that there's certain um, pathogens that really do turn into these cancerous situations. So unless you're actually like cleaning out the gut and cleaning out what is distracting your immune system from the first place, like that cancer is always going to be coming back. So you kind of yeah. look at like the risks, the benefits. Yes, she's missing part of her colon, but what has not been addressed prior? Like why is this cancer continually coming back? And then for that patient specifically, I probably wouldn't do coffee if she's on so many drugs. I would specifically look up what drugs are metabolized by that CYP1A2 mm -hmm. um, cytochrome P450 uh, pathway, right? Mm -hmm. And then no, like is coffee even something that would benefit her? Um, maybe just doing small amounts, like maybe depending what meds they're on, but yeah, looking at those contraindications there. No, 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 for sure. And I did my due diligence with everything, but we just started with something really, really mild, but it, it seems to be helping and doing well. Okay. So I think it's just, it's case by case, but obviously you can't do coffee enemas if you're pregnant, you know, like if, if you have like a structural issue in your bowel, clearly that's not going to be necessarily something we can just jump to right away too, just based on contraindications. But I feel like a lot of people can benefit from them. I have so many chronic people with chronic health conditions and it's like their body doesn't know left from right anymore. Yeah. And I was doing it for one client where she was dealing with SIBO, heartburn, you know, thyroid issues, you know, 
period issues, menstrual issues, all these different things. And we were working on the SIBO and the heartburn. She referred to me by a colleague to work on the digestive health stuff. And it felt like it was just like this ping pong game of like dealing with one thing and then dealing with the other and then dealing with one. And I always have liver stuff in the mix whenever you're doing microbial things. And then I sent her for another test. I think it was a live blood and her liver was still looking super congested. I was like, well, that's weird. So we started doing coffee enemas and she passed some like wild stones and parasites. And then all of a sudden it's like her bloating started to subside. And I don't even have to treat the SIBO or the heartburn anymore because that started to shift things for her. So, um, some of those more complex cases, I find it can help. Yeah. And you sound like such a, um, like (laughs) when you're like, what came out of your enema and you're like, Oh, the parasites come out. Like, and you get like super into it and excited. They're like, you are sick. Like what is wrong with you? But it is very exciting. When you see parasites coming out, you're like, that should not be in your body. Like that needs to leave. Yeah. That's amazing. Like getting to the root of that and the patient's drastically feel better, right? It's very exciting. So I get everyone to look like what is coming out after you take that tube out, what is going into the wash, like in the toilet, like take a picture of it, send it to me. Like I get some really awesome texts. (laughs) I want to know, like, because people often like run away and don't want to see it, but you need to know that's part of the assessment. Yeah. This is like a whole other world of naturopathic medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for holding it down and and uh doing this traditional but like so i don't this just seems like a whole other world to me I, I don't, i'm sure there's some naturopaths and patients listening what is this this is crazy um but but can you talk a little bit maybe about is it the is it gerson or was it gerson or jensen who's sort of brought uh-huh. this to your yeah. to your mom's and yours attention yeah, so Max Gerson did it as a, and so did Bernard Jensen actually, as a retreat where very similar to what I'm doing in the clinic now, where I like take over their body and really just like do all the things. And like, your life is in my hands now. <laughs> but that's Bernard Jensen is the one that, um, or sorry, Max Gerson, he is more famous for treating cancers with the yeah. um, tons of juicing. I don't know how many, like 30 juices a day, like it's time mm-hmm. with the coffee enemas. What's really interesting about that protocol is as I'm learning, that protocol is not right for everybody. So for example, like that high sugar load of the juices um, mm-hmm. for some cancers who feed off of sugars, right? Or just say their hemoglobin A1C is really high or fasting insulin. Like you can drive that cancer into like hyperstimulation mode, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm not hundred um, percent on board with that, but same with the coffee enemas, they would add in other things to help just with liver and bile, which is amazing. Um, the Gerson, the Gerson plan, they used to be like just all the bitters, like dandelions, all the greens juices, but now they've more like turned into um, just like sweeter things that like a lot more beets, a lot more carrot, which is still great. But for some people, the sugar load is, is way too much. Right. So, so you, you Bruce lead all this stuff. Personally at all. Yeah. You literally have to treat everyone so personalized. Like that's why I'm not also a big fan of these retreats where like everyone does the same thing. Right. Like we cured every cancer. It's like, right. no, no, every cancer is so personalized. And every person coming to you is going to be personalized. Like you said, like if they're on medication, you, you might not be able to use the coffee. You might have to use a different substance. Like it really depends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at like what is the main issue going on? Like doing a proper assessment and then saying, okay, like this is what's going to be part of the treatment plan. Um, But it always goes down to those foundational things. Like 
Yeah. How's the mechanical, how's that lined up? Like you can do tons of supplements and tons of like things, but if your whole like hip is out of place and right, like you're not gonna, you're not gonna fix it. So, and then mentally too, right? Like if we look at how people react to stressors and you're always in this fight or flight, like, yeah, it's gotta be all personalized. So coffee enemas are one like big part of the process. Um, but even that is personalized. So it's not like the same amount for everyone, not the same ingredients going to everyone. Um, ideally you do hold the coffee enema for a good, like 10 minutes for it to have that circulation through the liver and to have it produce more glutathione. But, um, if you can't hold a big bag of coffee enemas for 10 minutes, you just do like 200 mils or even start with 100 mils, like just kind of like, do what you can. yeah. Yeah. There were some things that I was learning about for retention and, um, some interesting stuff like molasses apparently in the coffee will in your enema bag will improve retention, which I, I thought was interesting. About- and I have to look into how, but then I was also reading, uh, I can't remember. There was, a, there was a couple of resources where they were talking about, I think how it reduces possibly certain minerals as well, because coffee enemas already you're, you might be losing electrolyte and minerals. So for me, it's always like you're drinking a large volume of fluids after, and you have to make sure you have electrolytes in all of your fluids. Cause I want to make sure that you're not losing anything. That's a really big part of like my follow-up for that, for, for my clients uh, as part of it. Um, but, um, some people, I think they put, I don't remember what there was a specific company use and, and I have to look into this more. So I don't want to say it out loud so that people start jumping on the the ball, like on things, but they were adding minerals back in as well to help that. So I I have to look into that, but apparently molasses helps with retention. And I'm just like, that's interesting. Yeah. And like my brain just all of a sudden just goes to those minerals in there, likely the person is deficient in, right. And so that's why they're in like spastic mode. So maybe mm-hmm. it has that calming, like the minerals have that calming effect. Maybe. Magnesium. Yeah. Or yeah. I break it up too. Like I'll have people do a series of three and they could do like five to 10 minutes, two to two to three times. Um, if they can't hold it for the full 10 to 15 minutes. So I think 15 minutes is most people say is a sweet spot. Um, yeah. so sometimes I'll just be like, Hey, try five and then empty your bowels and then try it again, five minutes. Right. And then Exactly. Or um, within the first minute, if they're finding a lot of pressure and a lot of cramping, what I do is I just have like a little bit of the bag go through. So you're holding just like a tiny bit. You go to the bathroom, let that out, and then you can hold it like for days, <laughs> you know, for days, days on end. So you let go of like whatever sitting in that sigmoid causing mm-hmm. that um, stimulation and feeling like you have to go that urge. Once that's out, um, it's a lot easier to hold. But yeah, go like a minute at a time, five minutes. Yeah. And pro tip, please have your morning poop first. And I usually recommend it in the morning in case they are sensitive to caffeine. And then you have to have your morning bowel movement. Like you can't, you, you want to empty your bowels and that way you can hold the coffee and yeah. allow those things to absorb into the liver. And then you were, we were also asking about the benefits. And I was, I think it, it also helps relax your common bile duct and just improve blood flow to the liver in general. So improving healing capacity in addition to improving glutathione production, but it relaxes the common bile ducts so that you can have a more effective purge of like stuff out of the liver and the gallbladder. And I remember that was part of the, the effects of it too. Exactly. Cause a lot of people are horrible fat metabolizers, right? Like they eat a meal and they're just heavy, they're bloated. They feel so tired. They have to have a nap after. So if you can get your gallbladder and liver working top notch and do it, like you don't have to like what Dave, you're asking before, do you have to do these all the time or you kind of like lose the benefits? So think of it like Michelle was saying, you have the immediate benefit of stimulating glutathione, 
But then you get more of that long-term of like almost like retraining your gut and what it should do and the responses mm -hmm. that make it more effective. Can you drink a coffee while you have a bowel enema? Or a coffee like at the same, I, that might be labor intensive to try to maneuver both things at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just I think of ridiculous things sometimes. Way. And I thought that that would be funny if you could sit there and like drink coffee while it's happening. I mean, wow. I yeah. think ideally you can have a coffee to drink after, but I would definitely tell people to hydrate well with electrolytes after instead. And if they can avoid the coffee, I think that okay. would probably be in their benefit. And that question is like for a true coffee lover, like how many ways can I get coffee into my body at one time? Like I need to know what's. I find, I wait till I'm done and then I relax and enjoy my cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. But like Michelle said, with your little container of electrolytes, right? Yeah. Got it. Well, you know what made me think of it other than like a, a dose of a little bit of ADHD that just creeps in all the time was to have my bow morning bowel movement. I was like, could I have a coffee mm. first, make mm -hmm. that happen, then have my coffee. The other way. My hoop coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. Um, totally. And <laughs> same thing. You want that coffee to be organic, not putting any garbage that way. Yeah. yeah, you do have to use a very specific kind. There was something else we wanted to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Yeah, the contraindications, why it's just such an awesome treatment. Um, Are there any other contraindications, Lori, that you think of other than like a bowel obstruction, pregnancy, possible medications? Yeah, the severe dehydration. But like even oh, though yeah. I said it's not like absolute contra, it's more of a intermediate, just be weary of that. Um, also too, if you have Crohn's, a flare up, mm, yeah, right. If you have any bleeding, um, hemorrhoids be very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, any tears, um, yeah. Any acute, like, um, even diverticulitis, like it would just like, you think of it as like a fiery condition already. Right. Yeah. And just like stimulating that, like anything acute, um, you wouldn't want to do that. That's actually a good question. I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't implemented this in anybody who has hemorrhoids and I haven't implemented this in anybody who has uh IBD Crohn's or colitis or anything like that an inflammatory bowel condition of some sort and I just never I was always just under the impression that that's not a good idea so I've just never wanted to go there but with someone who has hemorrhoids if they're not active and they're managed would you still do a coffee enema eventually because I feel like would that strengthen bowel tone or no yeah totally fine it's completely fine it's really just when they're like so on it's more of like the discomfort of the patient yeah putting something up there like it's yeah. totally to them because I have a lot of people I think who would be like oh no I never want to irritate my hemorrhoid because there's such this fear around it because I probably because their bowel is probably so inflamed mm -hmm. these are some of my more chronic patients and some of the ones that are like to fight me on my suggestions so they don't get better <laughs> <laughs> but I've always like in the back of my mind I was like oh you need a freaking enema I'm sure and just clean yeah. things up and don't be worried about actually having a poop like some of them are like almost want only one poop a day they don't want they don't even want two healthy bowel movements a day because they're worried about and I was like yeah but your body needs to detox right now right yeah. so I'm gonna actually show you guys this study that was really cool and I can tag it like after give you guys the link for it but it was showing from the TCM perspective, like what herbs they used. I believe mm. they put like scutellaria in there. They put other herbs into the enema to help have this antibacterial immune boosting effect. Like 
Pretty well, cool. that's interesting. Now I'm going to start thinking about brewing teas up the hooper instead of just coffee. <laughs> right. So we do peppermint. So people who are very like, um, spastic IBS. Yes. Get peppermint up there. Like, let's just relax the whole oh. GI tract. This is an amazing well, Lori, conversation. I, I have to, I said this last time, but then, you know, COVID and children put a damper on some of my plans. I need to come to your clinic. Yeah. Like, that's Let's go to the clinic and get colonics and just do a podcast while we're having a colonic. <laughs> oh my God. What, it's like, it's a, Lori, your clinic must be, it's so much cooler than what I do. It really is. And uh, I gotta go. It's I gotta fun. go. We definitely like make light of a lot of these scenarios too. And someone's like, what? You want me to put what, where? Like, you want, like it's, because I get it. I get how I go yeah. back to my 12 year old self and say like, what the, like hearing yeah. that for the first time. So I totally yeah. get how like out there all of this is. So um, yeah, you try to make the environment very healing, obviously, but um, not such a fear around these things and really helping understand why you're doing it. So you both need to come to experience this and then we can, um, yeah, do a live Facebook while we're, I remember, I remember when you were first convincing me to do a coffee and at first you were just like, we were doing those IG lives together and you're like, come to, the, come to the clinic and we can do an IG. I was like, I'm not getting a clinic on IG live for the first time, Lori, but I was like, you were like literally trying to get me to do that. But when you said suggest I do the coffee enema. Even for me, I was hesitant and it took me a few months to find my courage. And then I was like, I finally did it, but I'm not even going to joke to the audience. Like I lit candles. I had Netflix ready on my phone. <laughs> like I created, I created the most Zen environment I possibly oh. could because you're living there with your pants around your, with like your underwear around your ankles and you're in a vulnerable position. And you're like, if somebody walks through that door, I'm going to yeah. lose my mind. And I was like, James cannot be home because if I know he's <laughs> home, I'll pop like, and he, like, if he's outside the door, it's going to make me like clench up or like not relax like you know yeah. what I mean like I understand because I also all those things went through my head when I first had to try this as a full-on 40 year old adult you know what I mean <laughs> so I yeah. I get it and I and I try to tell my clients about that and I was like and then once you do it once you're just kind of like oh okay okay that was fine yeah. you know I mean, like it's I, just I just feel another like day at the orifice <laughs> 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 well played Dave well played so good that's really good. Um, but I, I feel like with my children, I'm very open. Like they'll ask me, why is there a tube up your butt? Why are you putting coffee that way? And I'll explain to them and they're young, but I wanted them to know, like, I want them to know that mommy is doing things to keep healthy every single day. So it could be a very awkward and I get it. Like someone walking in and you're like, ah, like vulnerable. But I feel like also once you have kids, like all shame is just like at the window. You don't care. You know, I think I was like for for my for my clients for the first time, I was like, maybe have your husband and your kids. Cause like you're, when your kids are young and they're all like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Cause I get a lot of women and I'm just like, maybe have your husband take your kids out on a Sunday morning, yeah. try it out, relax, be chill. Know you have the time and the space and nothing stressful. And yeah. then eventually you'll probably be fine. It'll just be like second nature. But for those first few, it's intimidating. And, and cause you do feel like you feel hella vulnerable sitting there with your pants yeah. on your, or on your ankles and you're trying to like, and then you're laying on the bathroom floor 
holding coffee in your colon and you're just like biting your time until that dinger comes off on your phone. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You don't know if you're going to shit yourself everywhere. You don't know what's going to happen. You're right. Oh yeah. It's a wild experience because like you start cramping too, because you're going to get cramps. Um, you want to lie on your right side. You could lie on your back, you can lie on your left, but ideally you want to get to your right side. So things flow to like the, the full breadth of your colon, but like sometimes I get cramps and there, there are times like, I'm not, a, I'm not great by any means. And I don't know if this is TMI, but I don't care. I have no shame anymore. People know this. Um, it's been, it's been hard to sometimes hold it. I was like, Whoa. And it surprises me. Mm-hmm. So then I have to try and go back again. And I think the last time I did it, it was like too strong. And I think I was like, I'm good at this now. And I just put too much volume and my body was like, no, no, you thought you're a hero. You went <laughs> peaked too soon. Pull back up. <laughs> it grounds you very like how's how cool you think you are it's a very yeah. grounding experience. it's a very humbling experience to do a <laughs> copy oh my god okay i i think you guys have done a great job of giving us the intro to uh coffee endless what i would like to i just have a couple of things i want to mention or ask mm-hmm. you to sort of uh go into a little bit more about Lori is because i'm so intrigued about your clinic and like how it works. I just want to know briefly, like how, yes, we, we've talked about this specifically, but how, how, what is a day in the life at Lori's clinic? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it sounds like fun. It sounds like a lot is happening. And I'd like to know just like a brief sort of like, what's a day in the life of Lori at the clinic. And then I want you to mention uh, your, your website and your book. at some point. So we're, talking about me as a practitioner, like what my day is like or what the patient's experience is like. Sure, either one. (laughs) What's it like? Okay, let's go. What's it like for a patient? Yeah, what's the vibe at the clinic? What's the experience there for people? Yeah, so we do retreats, as you know. So people like sign on for a week or even for three days, like we have three-day options. And for you, we can totally create a one-day option. where we map so we do an initial consult we find out like what's going on with the person like what they need to focus on get all the labs like assess where they're at and then we create this like badass plan for them so nine to five we have literally their body to like transform and to heal so literally every hour hour and a half they're either drinking like fiber having chlorophyll, having um, amino acids, minerals, like they're taking in all these amazing things that most people don't get in like a year, like they're just not getting enough stuff. So then every, um, every few hours, every hour, they'd also do a different therapy. So whether it's like going on the vibe place to get your lymphatic system moving, then they would maybe have acupuncture or neurofunctional acupuncture. Maybe they would um, go in for the colonic then. Also, we, we do ozone saunas too in the clinic. So we make sure they do that prior to the, like the colonic is usually like later when they're able to, sometimes there's some like residual, right? So you don't want to be stuck in a sauna. Um, so we would basically plan their whole day of doing things that help improve how their body works more efficiently. And um, detoxifies, also- it sounds like, right? and detoxifies like is a big Uh, focus okay it's the main focus to get your your own detox organs working more efficiently so from skin we do a lot of um uh brain tap you may have heard of brain Mm -hmm. tap, where it's like the meditation right so it helps with just 
uh, more subconscious beliefs. So people who feel like, oh, there's even one for like sugar, like craving sugars. It can help with a lot of habits that people have developed through the years and helping transform that. So um, we do that. Then PEMF therapy. So the pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. So literally- Use the, every- the Beamer? Is it the Beamer that you use? What do you use? So uh, we use IMRS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're all great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's another chance for them just to help uh, get their cells vibrating where they should be. And you can set that to anxiety, depression, or whatever they're experiencing. Uh, the cancer setting is used quite a bit in the clinic as well. Um, so that would be for, and then by the end of the day, they're like, whoa, I'm tired. Like I need to go home and sleep. Like they think of this as like a retreat, but really mm. like their body is being put to the test and they're doing mm. a lot of things that um, they're tired at the end of the day. And so I say like, go home, have an Epsom salt bath, get to bed early. Don't feel like you have to do too many things because your your body needs that rest and to rejuvenate. So mm-hmm. That's a typical intensity. And then they do that for five days. So they're also following a fasting mimicking plan. So they're just having a certain amount of calories, certain amount of carbs, certain amount of protein. So then their body can go into autophagy and they're detoxing on that standpoint too. So it's not just all services. It's like really getting your body to do these magical things. But this isn't just the only thing. Like people can still just work one-on-one with the practitioners, but there's the option to sign up for a retreat too. Exactly. Is there yeah. like a, is it like a certain subset of the population you're targeting for the retreat? Is it cancer care or is it just anybody who wants to just it's optimize anybody. their health? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause this year um, we've been running these retreats for a long time. And this year we've had only one cancer patient hmm. do this because most of them have been like a couple of them have been just to lose weight. They're like stubborn weight loss. Like they cannot mm. lose these pounds. So they'll sign on for this week intensive to actually just feel so much better. They just want to feel healthier. We get a lot of um, like Lyme disease, chronic mold, mm-hmm. other infections, um, like rheumatoid arthritis. They're usually the people that are like, oh my God, I am so sick of feeling crappy that I need to do something just to completely transform. Yeah, like right. Um, it's you're just not though, dipping it's your that toe mindset. in with, we're like, I want to do it all better. Yeah, now. You're not dipping your toe in with Lori. No, it's, this is like radical transformation with Dr. Lori's clinic. It's not here. I just, let me test the waters, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. We throw you off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Good That's luck. Awesome. Here's some in a very safe. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And then what about, I, I think, I think you should, you should mention something because you, you do talk about cancer a lot and it's an area of expertise for you. Do you want to just give us a little bit of a uh, intro to that, to the book that you wrote? Yeah. So I wrote a book called Cancer Doesn't Own You. And the reason why is because I think people are just getting sick of saying like, I'm a cancer survivor. Like they don't want to play victim. They don't want their cancer to be like defining them. That's just one part of their life where they can still be an amazing mom, still have like work and do all the things. And cancer is just that one part. So I've been hearing over the past years where people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of all these appointments and so sick of all these things that I just don't want it to be like defining me. So what I've done is created a book where I've answered the top 160 questions that patients have asked me throughout the years. So from like, hey, I'm on tamoxifen and I had these intense hot flashes. What can I do naturally to help that that won't interfere with the tamoxifen? Or I have these like crazy joint pains 
from X, Y, and Z? Or how can I detox after chemotherapy? What can I do to rebuild my system? How can I get um, alleviate brain fog? So literally mm-hmm. 160 questions that I've been repeatedly asked. And I just put it all in a book to say, here, here's your book on all the things that you can do and look up and be more empowered to, um, to navigate yourself. So it's not a book that's like, oh, you have this symptom, do this. It's more of a book of, okay, look into this deficiency, look into this. Like you want to check this blood work and see maybe this is the case. And so it's giving more of like, um, how my brain works through cases versus like, oh, everyone should just do this if they feel right. this. You're not giving right. treatment advice. You're giving suggestions of what areas need to be observed more, maybe a little bit more diligently to help with some of the symptoms they're experiencing. Exactly. Exactly. And it's always like, check in with your naturopathic doctor, check in with someone because like, this is not a manual of like, this is how to, to cure my cancer or to help with all that. It's really to give them like the confidence. So they know what better questions to ask. And they can ask you like, oh, I've read about this. Like, is this, this has research backed up and like, can I do this? Is this okay to do considering I'm on all these meds and I'm about to do this. So it's really more of like an empowering educational book that I'm really excited to get out there and for people just to feel stronger with their condition and to say, yeah, that's one thing that um, they can help with those side effects and just feel stronger along their cancer journey. Amazing. Can you repeat the title of your book again for everybody? Cancer Doesn't Own You. It's 160 Ways to Boost Health and Beat Cancer Daily. Awesome. Yes. Lori, Dr. Lori, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's always, it's always an exciting conversation. I've always loved our conversations. Frankly, I learned so much from you and you're so enthusiastic about helping people get back on a path to allowing their body to like change in a positive way that it's, it's always great conversations. So we really thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about coffee enemas. Cause I really wanted to do this. I was like, we need to have you come on so we can chat about this. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I think I froze there. Thank you so much for having me. And I love our conversations too. And likewise, like I learned so much from both of you and I know you both are like root um, medicine to the core, right. Of like finding underlying cause. So it's such a fun conversation too. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks Lori. You're buoyant. You integrate the old stuff with some Bruce Leeing and yeah, I, I always feel like I'm going to go see Lori after we chat. So thank you so much for bringing, for bringing the old and the new together and with buoyancy and fun. Amazing. Thanks guys. Thank you. That naturopathic podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada.